It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this issue 112 of the DC Primetime Podcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network from the Showcast Spotlight, as well as the We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited Podcast, also here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. (laughs) We're really drawing out our introductions this week. We could do it even slower. (laughs) (laughs) Considering we have one show to talk about this week. Yeah, but we got a lot of news. A lot of cool news, too. Yeah, there's some really good news this week. Well, I think Supergirl, because I will say this, good episode of Supergirl. I think I'm definitely giving this one a high rating. I can say that much. But um, definitely feels like the first part of an episode. Because, man, a lot happened. And the way that ended, man, I'm ready. Uh, So... Um, but yeah, no. Um, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll, what we, what we don't get to talk about other shows. I think we will definitely make up for news this week. So. And we're preparing for the summer episodes too. We still gotta, we, we have to talk about that because we have to figure out I, what the hell we're doing after next week. Well, I guess we're diving right into the annuals. Like it, it's time. It feels so weird because shows ended so long ago. And then I forgot. Oh yeah. We have to do a black lightning, uh, annual. And I'm like, God, my brain has forgotten about that show. Not because it wasn't good. It was just, it's been it, a while. It's been a while. Yeah. And I, this, this super girl shakeup this year has completely screwed my brain up with all of this stuff. So, uh, my guess is we'll, we'll probably just. I guess just go. We'll we'll go in order of the show's ending. Well, well, well <laughs> so. let's not forget too. We still have. We have to wrap up Telltale Batman because we still haven't talked about the final episode of that. Uh, we have Suicide Squad: Hell to Pay, which we still have to talk about. We haven't talked about that. So, Batman Ninja, we still have to talk. Batman about. Ninja, we still have to talk about. As well. uh, so maybe, maybe yeah, and there's another one. That, the Death of Superman one comes out. I think in like a week. So maybe after next week's Supergirl finale. Uh, for July 1st, which will be, that's the day we're recording. It'll be posted on July 2nd. Um, let's maybe let's take that amalgamation of everything together. Let's knock all that stuff out. Uh, at the same time, we'll announce our May and June fans of the month because we're, we're falling behind on it a little bit. So we're, we got to play catch up. And then once we hit into July, we'll start with the annuals because that'll give us a little bit more time to go back and revisit these shows a little bit too. I'll go back and watch one show, <laughs> Legends, because th- this year was not the best year for most of these shows. They, they, well, Black Lightning of, wasn't I, that bad. Oh, the no, Black Lightning ended it, it was it was really good. I, I think more more the thought process that um I I I can't take myself back to watch Arrow except maybe a, an episode or two here and there. Yeah. Like I like the finale. It was, but I think the season still ended at a good point. 
It was just, uh, I, I don't think my brain wants to do that one again. Uh, and the Flash left a lot to be desired this year. So uh, I think that's going to be, aside from a few episodes here and there, like I'll probably go back and watch Enter Flash time because yeah, I, I mean, and we're, we're, and we're going to rewatch Crisis on Infinite Earth. That's not or on uh, Earth. Oh, yeah. X. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, but I think I will probably go back and rewatch all of Legends for this year without question. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll still I mean, all those seasons are still kind of, for the most part, very fresh in my head. So. Uh, I, I'm not too concerned, but I think, yeah, well, the, I mean, but I still think we, we got to kind of get that stuff knocked out as well. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Sooner than later. Cause man, uh, and I'm almost thinking, and I'll talk to you off air about this. Maybe what we need to do is, uh, you and me take a Sunday, just an entire Sunday <laughs> and then just record all the annuals and just go boom. <laughs> so, Hey, um, I might be all for that. <laughs> you, you never, never know. Cause uh, that might be a good way to do it. And then this way we kind of get our summers. We, we kind of get our summer a little bit to ourselves. So it's, uh, and we'll let's do some news recordings and that's about it. Yeah. Like day of that way you and me get to talk every week and then you guys get to hear something fresh from us every week. Instead of like when we're on annual five on that Sunday, you're like, I don't care. There's superheroes punching things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, but I mean, and also in the meantime, as listeners, if there's anything you guys want to hear us cover over the summer, yeah, other yeah, than seriously. the other than the annuals, I mean, if there's something you want us to go back and revisit, um, you know, as we have done in the past, we, we've done the Silver Age and the Golden Age. I think we we have to set up another one of them. Well, as, I've got an idea, and I'll float it here, and I want to make sure I want to get your guys' opinion uh, of this too. So if you uh, if you like this idea, so we have we we've done we've done a, the a Silver Age spectacular. Um, you know, we have an option to do, I think, two additional golden. We have two different golden age spectaculars where we could do a uh, Shazam and Isis power hour episode, which could be painful. Um, <laughs> we could go back and watch a um, well, we've done an Adam West. Uh, you know, well, Batman, well so. um, what have we done so far? We've done the original John Wesley ship Flash. We did the original Linda Carter Wonder Woman. We went back to Adam and West then, and and Batman in, from '66. So that was our original. That like, was our. Uh, that was Silver our age. That was yeah. I think that was or we turned that became our our second Silver Age because the Golden Age would be like our uh, the George Reeves George the black Reeves, and white yeah the black and white you know. Um, you know, Superman, you know, or uh, not Superman, uh, Batman serials uh, from way back in the day, which we've done. Uh, well, no, we haven't done the black and white serial uh, that that's no, I I'm, we've done the played. George Reeves Superman already. No, we actually haven't done that one yet. Yes, we did. We did have... George Reeves Superman. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, no, I we did, because I remember him. I remember talking like him, like literally jumping through the window as if he was flying and. No, actually, no, totally. We actually didn't. We we actually only because we yeah, we just did. Um, I'm pretty sure we did. Oh, uh, maybe we did. My brain's failing me this morning. All right, we'll have to go back and look. But I was thinking <laughs> the things that we could still very much do. Uh, we could do a Golden Age DC video game spectacular. Uh, so going back and talking about some old, uh, some old, old games. So maybe you and me can sit together and sit down one night and we can jump on my arcade cabinet and play, uh, some old Superman and Batman games. Hey, and, uh, that's my kind of research, my friend. 
So uh, <laughs> my my brain is thinking Justice League Task Force, which is a horrendously bad fighting game uh, during the '90s era, with even with Superman with the mullet. So um, so we could always do that. We could do like the Death and Return of Superman. We could do one of the Batman the animated series games. You know, Batman Returns. We can do a Super NES Golden Age spectacular. Have, like. have we done? Smallville. We did. Okay. Smallville was in our John Wesley ship episode and then followed up by Birds of Prey. Okay, I that do yeah, I do first, remember that was our first spectacular. Okay, yeah, I do remember Birds of Prey cuz that hurt. Oh yeah, you're right. We did do uh, we did uh So yeah, I think you're right. I think we did George Reeves, we did um yeah, Adam West and Linda Carter. So that's exactly what we did. You're I right. Told we, you. That last year. Yep. It, it took me a while to figure out what our golden our, our that was our golden age spectacular. The the year before that was the Silver Age. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> so so we can we can do a video game one if you guys are interested. So that's definitely a possibility. There's also some other odd projects out there. I did get my hands on the horrible, horrible, horrible pilot of the old Justice League live action TV show. With Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. Uh, <laughs> I think they have fire in there. There's Martian Manhunter, a horrible looking flash. Uh, so we can always watch that mess if we really feel like torturing ourselves because it is a nothing but a mess. So the, we, we, there's, there's irons in the fire in my brain and we just got to figure out what's what. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. There's, there's stuff out there. There's ideas. So, but I mean, as listeners, we want to hear what your ideas are too. So if it's something we haven't thought of, let us know, you know, post on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash DC primetime. Leave us a, uh, a voicemail, which we'll give you the number at the end of the episode. I don't have it pulled up right now. Um, but yeah, so we want to hear what your ideas are as well for, for us to do to fill these summer episodes because the annuals are only going to go for so long. Yeah. And then we still have to figure out our format for next year because we're going to have five shows to talk about every week. So it's going to be more content every week and our recording days are going to fall in the middle of them now. So we, we have to figure out, we still have time for that, but we have to figure out what we're going to do. Absolutely. And we will, we definitely will. So yes, sir. All right, let's talk Supergirl. We have this week's episode, which was the penultimate episode, uh, season three, episode 22. First, with our one of three point ranking sidekick hero or legend, Rob, what do you give this episode? I'm giving this one a legend. I think it deserved it. Um, I think it really did. Uh, I think the main story was good. I don't think there were, didn't feel like there was any cringe moments. Um, and man, that, that John and Marin storyline was beautiful. Uh, really just exceptionally well done. I think what they're doing with the, uh, with, and then we did get it confirmed. It is Selena. So apparently nobody on the internet knows what's correct. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so it is Selena. So Selena and the rest of the, the witches of, you know, of Argo city, uh, are, are, you know, down on earth and we, we get some interesting stuff from them. And I think it really worked here. I really yeah, do. And it's funny. Cause I'm looking at IMDB right now and IMDB has Selena listed next to the actress's name, but in the synopsis, it says Serena. Yep. <laughs> so they don't even know. Yep. So, but yeah, confirmed all, but it, not all, but confirmed, but definitely confirmed. It is Selena. It came out of Monel's mouth. This past yes, week. it did. So, so, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm giving it a high hero. I'm not giving it a legend. And, and here's my, my reasoning for this. Next week, I might change that. 
only because, as you had mentioned earlier, this does feel like the first part of a two-part finale. Uh, so the, especially with the way that it ended, I really did enjoy this episode, but I'm waiting to bump this to legend because I don't want to give this a legend and then the second half be a hero. If that makes no. sense. I totally get you. I think because it does feel like a two-parter that's broken, uh, broken in half. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say right now my score is an eight. Uh, is an eight. Um, so you're right on the cusp. I'm right on the cusp, and I, I think it deserved that eight. Um, and we'll we'll go from there. And if if next week's episode is bad, um, maybe it'll impact the score. Maybe it won't. So, and, and that's and that's why I'm kind of reserving. Like it's at it's at like a seven. It's at the cusp right now. It's like at it's like a seven point nine. Just waiting for next week to give it that extra boost up to legend. Sounds so, good. I it makes sense to me. Okay. Good, because I don't want this to be I don't want to call this a legend. And then again, the finale next week be slightly disappointing and have the first half be better than the second. I, I want to wait. If next week is a legend, then this is absolutely bumped up to legend. But we'll wait and see how that plays out. Yep. Uh, but season three, episode 22, episode titled Make It Rain, Supergirl leans to the true death of Selena's nefarious plans for Earth. Supergirl, Monel, and Alora must devise a plan to stop her before Selena gets to Earth. Too late. John prepares to say goodbye to his father. Uh, so let's break the episode down a little bit and talk about it. You're absolutely right. The, the uh, starting with that, the John and, um, Marin stuff. I, I have a feeling I know where this is headed now. With the way this happened. I mean, we know that this ceremony that they were getting to, that they were ready, getting ready to go through and, and made the preparations and actually had begun was a way for Marin to transfer his thoughts and emotions into John. Um, I guess it's sort of a way that the history of the Martians continues as well. But we're starting to see the way this episode gets ready to end is that you know marin is and i get apologies if we jump around a little bit but he is getting ready to do this now but with the planet uh he's it's so that he can talk to the planet in essence and kind of calm it down yeah i guess um which i have a feeling is unfortunately going to cost him i think this is what's going to cost him his life yeah, and I, you know, it, it, but I, you know, I love this. I love this angle because we did see the main history of Mars transferred over to, to John. We, we, we saw that he was our, you know, before the times of his birth. Uh, he's not going to have the full history, but he's going to have the knowledge of, of his time with his father and some of his father's life is, I think, where we see that connection severed, uh, right around that time. So the full history of Mars will be lost, but I really love the fact that you're going to see this character kind of not go out with a whimper, but with a bang and having him have this moment to have this one giant last saving grace. And I think this is going to tie into what's going to happen to Sam. I think Sam's going to have that moment, too. And I think we're going to see two characters kind of mirror each other in their sacrifices in the finale. And I think if that's the case. It's going to be a very strong finale because both of those characters are, I think, have been really exceptional pieces of this puzzle of, uh, you know, this of this season three. So uh, 
I think they set up something really perfect and I think really potentially very beautiful and touching. So uh, if that's the case, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's something that, like you mentioned, is going to be very beautiful and touching. We've gotten so many of those moments between these two characters already. Uh, and that those moments have kind of expanded outside of them, too. We've seen some great moments with John and Alex because of this. We've seen some great moments with uh, Alex, with, you know, Marin and Ruby. We've seen moments from Alex and Marin. We, we've seen all different elements of this. So I think this is something they've done a great job throughout the run of the time that Carl Lumbee has been part of the show that when this sacrifice does happen, it's going to affect not just John. It's going to affect many, many people. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I got to say just uh, for the thousandth time, Carl Lumbee being a part of the season has just elevated into such special heights. And like having the voice of Martian Manhunter that I, you know, that was from my childhood you know, kind of carry us into Supergirl and having him work opposite of somebody else who I think embodies that character wonderfully with David Harewood. Uh, it's going to be a real shame when he's not around next season. But man, I, I think they really used him in such a wonderful way. And that you mentioned too scenes that they've done with Carl Lumbee and other actresses and actors. We got a great, beautiful scene with Kyler Lee and Carl Lumbee this week when he's there to say goodbye to her. Man, such a wonderfully written, wonderfully executed scene. Absolutely wonderfully done. Yeah. Yeah. No, again, completely agree. And it's one of those things that you're right. He's been such a fantastic part of the show. He hasn't even really been a part of it for that long, but he's made such an impact in the scenes that he's been in that it feels like a lot longer that he's been part of the show. It feels like he's been here for practically the entire season and he's only been in maybe a handful of episodes five or six episodes of the series this season yeah and you know what it's kind of funny it's i think the way that we see alex's response when he, he's just like saying goodbye to her it was that moment of her being really sad it's just kind of like carl i don't want you to go you're you're, you're awesome we just got to know each other like that's exactly how it felt like you felt that the actress herself was like i don't want to say goodbye to you yet um because you believed it because yeah. that's how we feel. We don't want him to be gone yet. So, yeah. And I think it, it speaks volumes about Marin as a character as well. That even though he, he is the one that wanted to do this, uh, this ceremony with John to make sure his history and everything was done. He's the one that makes the decision, steps up and makes the decision without hesitation. And he says it in that particular scene when John tells him, you don't have to do this. And Marin says, no. This is where my son lives. This is where my, this is where his friends and family live. I'm completely willing to do this. And it speaks very well, especially considering now this episode aired this past Monday. Today on Sunday, the day we're recording is Father's Day. Although the sacrifice itself is going to happen the day after, very appropriate for the holiday that came up in that this is a sacrifice a father is willing to make for his son. Yeah, absolutely. Seriously, I, I completely agree. I, I think the timing of this was it couldn't have happened better for their scheduling. So, yeah. And uh, I comp I know listeners won't know what this means, but I completely agree with your comment. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I will work on it. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So some other stuff that happened out of this episode as well. I mean, we obviously we see. Uh, we, we know that Marin, not Marin. I'm, I'm, I got Marin on the brain now. Uh, we have, uh, Monel and Kara still on, um, 
Argo City. Argo City, still in Argo City with Allura. Uh, but at the meantime, we have the three Kryptonians that have come over and in Selena, not Serena, and that are now kind of wreaking havoc because they are after, they have revived Rain. At least they have tried. So I still don't know where our prediction from last week is, is, is lying. I know we had said that I know I had made the prediction that Rain wouldn't come back to a full-bodied apparition and they would kind of a, a absorb the power. Uh, that's looking like that's not exactly true because they did bring her back with the blood of the other two with Pestilence and uh, Purity. And purity. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the only flaw I can see in this episode. And it's purely a nitpick and it's purely a storyline. I know exactly why they did it. But if you wanted to destroy the blood, why did you wait until it was in her hand and then burn her hand? Would you not have zapped that in midair? Before yeah, that, she even grabbed it. That didn't make the best sense to no. me. But hey, um, sometimes people make stupid decisions. So <laughs> <laughs> that was the only fault of the episode I could find. Uh, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> that, that and again, it, it's purely a nitpick. It's not really a, you know. I mean, yeah. It, to me, it was the only moment of kind of lazy writing in in this episode, and it's a very. It, it was uh, hey, it visually looks good, uh, but was it necessary? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it, exactly. So, I mean, I get exactly why they did it. They still need. I, I, I would have just let them get away with it. Um, but I mean, I understand they had to set up the situation so that, you know, Supergirl and the rest of the team believed they had stopped them. And then in reality, they didn't. I, I know they kind of had to figure out a way to do that. So I understand why they did it. But really, if you wanted to stop them, why even throw it in the air? Hold it in your own hand, zap it, make the point that you lost and it's over and done with. Yeah, um, one of the things I think because we, we're, we're talking about now the three, uh, you know, Kryptonian witches now uh, infiltrated inside the DEO to try to retrieve that blood, which we know is what they need to be able to revive Rain in full because just Samantha's blood alone was not enough for them to be able to move forward to kind of resurrect her. Um, but we see Wynn kind of really get some mental scarring out of this this episode here which will play into uh, probably our news story uh you know we see him working on his brand new tech at the deo that's the non-lethal uh force but basically makes a, a kind of a, a you know a force field f- for all the deo members and uh one of his compatriots that we've seen earlier in the season just as, as a background character especially when everybody kind of lost their cool when marin uh, was losing control of his abilities and kind of causing people to become more aggressive. We see we saw this character then. I apologize, I can't remember his name. To save, Demos. save the, no, that's right. So uh, we see uh, Win give him one of those those new pieces of tech and uh, an omnidirectional, self maintaining subatomic personal shield. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that because <laughs> no it just problem. rolls right off the top. It does. It just it comes right out. Yeah. So. We see him, uh, you know, use this, has the blood. I had to write that down, by the way. Ah, (laughs) good. Well, I'm glad you did. Um, I've already forgotten it. So, Uh, but we see him actually be the one that has this blood that's trying to keep this away from from the Kryptonians. And in this process is hit with heat blast from three of these Kryptonians, which, 
unfortunately, that omnidirectional Husabel what's it does not <laughs> save his life. Uh, and we see that really impact Win in a very bad way by the end of the episode, where he feels like everything he's been working to is just not, not exactly where he needs it to be, and is kind of losing faith in himself. So, uh, but yeah, very much will play into a new story for later, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, continuing on with this, the whole main storyline, obviously, of Selena and the others uh, needing the blood of uh, pestilence and purity in order to bring rain back to to full uh, to full fruition. Yeah, we did get to see, and man, I absolutely loved it. It was one of my favorite parts of this episode. Man, Alex is a badass. She is not afraid to go toe to toe with a Kryptonian. Yo, yeah. Uh, she, I mean, obviously, this new uniform that Wynn has made for her is really holding up. We're seeing it's got kryptonite infused into it, or at least that's what Alex did because we see her open the briefcase when the, the green glow. We know what that is, obviously. And we see it kind of infuse into this outfit now where she's able to kind of project, you know, I don't know if it's project green like Kryptonian bursts or just just kind of give off a Kryptonian hue when she opened her hand and held it up to the one world uh, to the one Kryptonian, but just seeing her just go toe to toe with them and in a fist fight with a Kryptonian, man, Alex Danvers is a badass. There's really yeah. not much else I can say about that. She's she's had some of the coolest moments uh like you know go back to what was the end of season one her and the crypt uh, kryptonite power armor like yeah. all these little moments like they've done so many cool things with her but i love what they did here again we we saw those crypt uh, kryptonite bullets come back into play which were really awesome um and then again as you mentioned too that infusion uh, the kryptonite infusion in the glove that she did uh man it was it was a great great sequence it was i think one of those other standout action sequences of the season yet again so really happy with what they're achieving here so far with all of this yeah no i mean i think i mentioned it last week because we got to see some badass moments with alex last week as well and we're getting to see even more that it, it it's almost her black widow moment and i i don't know if i called it that last week but i'm definitely calling it this week yeah no it, it, she you're definitely starting to see here kind of feel a little bit like Natasha's character that we've known for the Avengers and Cap and Iron Man and all. So, um, but yeah, you're definitely seeing that, but it, it, she's definitely earned that since her tenure on the show. Uh, you know, I'm really happy to see all this play out the way it has. Yeah. I, I, re I really want to see, um, I, I want to see more of her character and have these more badass moments into next season as we, as we go through. Yeah, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of growth from her uh, on how she kind of next season when she probably deals with, you know, an adoption and then continuing to work with the DEO and how that kind of, you know, works works with and against each other. Uh, but I think we're going to still continue to see a wonderfully badass Alex Danvers. Yeah, so. it's one, it's one of those cool. It's it's it was really one of those cool moments when towards the end of the episode when we see the three Kryptonian Selena and the other. I forgive me. I think it's Thara and I. Vita, I think it might be like yeah. they, they they were very brief on. I think we've gotten one name usage for the two of them, and that's it. Yeah, so I, I can't I can't remember the names of the other two. I know Selena, um, and I think I think Thara and Vita are are the other two. Um, but you know when they're standing on the floor of the DEO after De Demos is uh, Demos is 
demise, unfortunately. Uh, you know, we're seeing kind of Wayne in the background and, and, um, Marin in the background, but standing on the front line where, you know, obviously we have John, we have Kara, we have Monel, and we have Alex. I mean, seeing her step up to a frontline player now has just been awesome. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Um, all right. What are some other moments from this episode that we, we should talk about? Well, one of the other big, uh, big things too, a character that's been in the background a lot of this season, uh, Koval, uh, meets his demise in this episode as well. Finally. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, like I said, you know, Chad Lowe, I mean, like I said, I think he's served a really good purpose in this season, uh, with the whole cult angle. And I think he was an interesting character. Uh, I was expecting a little bit more from him. And like, I even gave the prediction that he was going to try to join the ranks, but, uh, not quite the case here. Uh, very much dead. <laughs> so yeah. um, he, he joined the ranks of dead characters on the show. Um, so I, I think that's it was it was it was a fitting end, but it also an unceremonious end for his character and what they've done with him this year. But I think that's quite OK, because, I you know, I think that was maybe one of the weaker things this season, but still not a bad part of this season, I think whatsoever. No, he he's actually been a huge contribution to this season, not only as an and not only as an actor, but as a director too. I think he, uh, he I know he directed at least one episode this season. Yeah, correct. So I I think you know, like I said, it was a shame to see his character go out just in kind of just a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Uh, but I, I think it's it made sense for the story that they're telling. Um, you know, I'm very curious. Still, one of the things for. Next week, uh, is Morgan Edge going to show up? Because, man, Morgan Edge has not been around for a while, and he was a big player in the start of the season. So very curious still. Um, I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, my I guess his, is that, too. Yeah, I, so. think, I think his character has kind of been, I guess, written off. And maybe and, next season we'll see him return. Uh, but I'm also kind of hoping that, you know, we had the Morgan Edge character. We had who was the one that we had last season? Um, uh who was the the big tech guy that they did either last season or the or the first season? Um, oh crap, Maxwell Lord. Max, yeah, Maxwell Lord. Um, yeah. They've kind of been the Lex Luthor stand-ins, and yeah. I think I think um, uh, you know Morgan Edge was kind of a lead-in to build the Lena character up, yeah. and and now we've gotten the build-up of her character. She's become a staple with the rest of the show. I wouldn't be surprised if the next step is to bring in Lex. Uh, yeah, and I would not be surprised as well if one of the other key components of all this is if we see Morgan Edge return, I think we're going to see him return with Inner Gang, um, which is fitting. I think that makes the right the, the right move. It's the right connection for the Supergirl Superman mythos. Uh, and that's if you're going to bring him back, you bring him back in the capacity that most people know of him in, in the comic books. So yeah. um, going back real quick to the whole ch- <clears throat> excuse me to the whole Thomas Colville, Chad Lowe thing uh to any of the supergirl writers who might be happening who might happen to listen to this podcast we're we're holding out hope don't laugh um but uh i'm i'm telling this right now what i want to see next season i want to see a cameo from rob oh god that would be amazing as colville (laughs) as colville's brother oh that would be awesome continuing on with his legacy even if it's only for one episode i want to see a cameo from rob Lowe. writers make it happen yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> um, so one of the other things we do see in this episode that we haven't talked about yet, Alora comes to Earth. Yes. And we know very clearly it is a one-way ticket when Kara and Monel go from Argo City to the DEO using the uh, the portal that Kara's father was in the middle of building. Well, it's, we it's, them- 
it's not necessarily a one-way ticket because it was only a one-way getting there. Once they stop the the, the Kryptonians, they have Monel ship back, or they have John ship. Back. John ship, right? So she could return. Yeah. So the, 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 there will be a way. Like I said, you know, there's going to be a way for you know Monel to call the legions uh, legionnaires definitely. So there's always a way for her to get back. So, but that's what we're led to believe at the start of this. But they find their way back. Alora's there in the mix. Uh, fully and suited up. And suited up. Uh, Sorry, I, I cut you off. <laughs> no, quite okay. I, and it's actually a very nice nod to the comic book designs for a lot of the Kryptonians. So look, uh, very good, solid design on that. So, um, but yeah, like I said, so we do see her kind of join the fray a little bit in this. We haven't seen her cut loose yet, but I'm sure we're going to see that in the finale. So yeah, because I mean, we we have to remember it's not anything that kind of came out in this episode, but. I think it's only a matter of time before she realizes that just like these other three Kryptonians did, she has abilities. She's going to have abilities now that she is on Earth. Yeah. So because so, we want to see we, her. Yeah. Yeah. We only see Monel and Kara join the the fight for maybe three or four minutes near the end of the episode. So we didn't even get a chance to see Alora really kind of do anything yet. Um, you know, like I said, at the very end of the episode, right before we cut, is when we see John, Marin, you know, Alora, Monel, and Kara kind of like. And Alex be like, it's time to time to do what we can to save, you know, the world because we do see. And I love the fact that they brought this up again, going back to classic comic books, even something that was not in the Man of Steel, um, which was rain flying into the core of the earth, uh, basically using, you know, that magic to basically destroy the core of core of the world and kind of make everything unstable and start the Genesis project that will basically re-terraform Earth into a new Krypton. So, like I said, uh, things that we've seen definitely in the comics, big part of Man of Steel, the movie's plot line. So they're definitely taking from classic comic book stories here and using Rain as the catalyst. And I think this was a really cool thing to do here. And I think where it maybe did not work in Man of Steel, it's actually working in Supergirl really well. Yeah, um, and that's not to say much about Man of Steel. We know my feelings on that movie. I do. I think Man of Steel. Man of Steel was a fun movie, with the exception of a couple small parts that that damaged its name more so. I think it wasn't a fun movie, and <laughs> anyway, it's been a long time since I've gone back to watch it. But hey, <laughs> no, and you know what? It, on that note, too, talking about it and talking about it more of a broad sense, I have become. <clears throat> it, it, I, I said before that you know when um, when Tyler came in as Superman, it kind of restored the faith and the love that I had in the character uh, that I had lost from, from man of steel. Now that we're talking about that, but even though Tyler hasn't been a part of this season at all, uh, this season alone and seeing some of these classic Superman storylines come into the fray and come into play and uh, playing out in this season of Supergirl, this show alone, I think has even restored some of my faith and my yeah, love for Superman. Absolutely. And I, you know what, like I said, indirectly, I think Supergirl, I think, has been a really fun show, and especially more so this season than it has been in the past. And I, you know, I can't wait to get into it in the annual because I'm sure we're going to break down a lot of that. Um, you know, but I think, you know, it, it, where the previous seasons have had a lot of stumbling blocks, the plot has not been the place there. There's been the stumbling blocks this season for Supergirl. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah. I'm just looking now at the IMDb rating, which I usually give at the beginning, but I forgot. <laughs> they also gave it a 7.9. <laughs> so they are right on the cusp, just like I am. Uh, 
it's, uh, yeah, I, I really, I think I, that's it. I, yeah, I, think that's, I hope we're not forgetting much of anything. I mean, it's, it obviously a big lead in into the season finale, which we're going to talk about next week, uh, which is airing probably tonight on the night that you, on the day that you're listening to this or has already aired, depending on when you did. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of predictions do you think we have? Cause obviously the predictions that we made last week don't look like they're going to play out. Uh, well, the only thing that we didn't mention, really, which plays really heavily probably into next week, we know Sam is essentially dying as Rain is getting stronger. So it's kind of that symbiotic relationship with this uh, with them. Basically, her cells are still connected. Once Rain you know, gets strong enough, it will indeed kill Sam. I do think we're going to potentially see um, Sam's going to die, I think, next uh, next week in a big moment of sacrifice alongside Marin. And I think Alex is going to be the new guardian of Ruby. I think that makes. I, I, I don't. I I agree with you on the Marin front. I don't agree with you on the Sam part because they had said that, you know, when they were talking about this, that what if you know? Obviously, the stronger that Rain gets, the weaker that Sam gets to the point where only one of them is going to exist. What if the opposite were true? What if Sam got better, it would weaken Rain? And I think. Sam is willing to sacrifice herself by going into by by taking a shot of going back into I forget what they called the world that she's going into uh, to return to this well that Rain was created from in hopes that it revives Sam and weakens Rain so that they can stop her. I, I don't think Sam is going to sacrifice herself. I think she's willing to sacrifice herself for the cause that I think is going to restore her and weaken Rain. That's very true. Well, like I said, it's a big wait and see. So you're I completely forgot about that angle of the episode, too, because it was again, there were so many other things happening. Um, But yeah, that was that's true. So, yeah, maybe maybe that'll be the case. But (coughs) excuse me, Um, I'm very curious to see how it'll play out. But I, I, you know, I think really the big thing is next week. um, Again, we're going to be definitely saying goodbye to Marin uh, in a very probably spectacular way. But beyond that, I, I really couldn't tell you. Yeah, I, but I, I I think we definitely will see when when kind of ready to maybe take a sabbatical and uh, again plays into the news. So I, I will say I see one of two other things also happening. Um, actually, I see I see a number of things happening next week. I think I think next week or this this season finale this week. I think we're going to see some pretty epic things. I think. I think this is going to be unlike in the past where it's been a one-on-one effort. I think this is the first time we're going to see a truly team effort of stopping not just Rain, but also the three Kryptonians. I think we're going to see obviously Supergirl and Monel. I think we're going to see Alex. We're going to see Alora because she's there for a reason. And I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to see Guardian suit up to help where he can. And I think we're going to see the return of the Legion. I think we're going to see the return of the Legion, and I also wouldn't be surprised. One of the things you were speculating a lot is, I have a feeling, just like you, Lena's going to find out Kara is Supergirl. I think Lena's going to find out Kara is Supergirl, and I'm making one more bold prediction before we we move on to news. We are going to see Sam versus Rain, and I would not be surprised if the final nail in Rain's coffin, coffin comes from Sam. I can see that, too. That's that's my final prediction for the finale this week. If that's the case, man, it's going to be an awesome finale. It is. So. I'm already ready to bump this episode to let to legend just thinking about the finale this week. 
Yeah, I'm 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 pumped. I I think again, it, even though it's, it feels like we're all over the place, it was just because this was this is a setup. This this episode was a pure setup, but it was a good and strong setup for us to have that many thoughts and predictions for this week. And if that's all, if even ninety percent of them, or not even ninety, seventy five percent of them come to fruition, I think it's going to be a really good and probably one of the best finales that Supergirl's given us yet. So. Yeah. Especially the whole team effort thing. Like, I just, I, I love the fact of everybody coming together to help. Yeah. And like I said, I know we had a lot of concerns this year that like, hey, everybody on these shows is now a hero. In Supergirl, it works and it makes sense. And let's just, let's do it. I'm ready to see this knockdown drag out. Let's, I, let's just go for it. And I also know one of our other biggest fears, too, was the fact that we found out that this was Rain and, you know, this was a Doomsday type character that was coming in. And it was introduced relatively early into the season. Uh, you know, the, the character of Samantha was, was introduced relatively soon that even it, they have done a phenomenal job of taking that character and building it up just slow enough that it lasted the entire season and it lasted well. We didn't get bored of it. We didn't get tired of it at all. Yeah, so. it worked. It, it worked out. So that's, that's another thing that worked. Um, so next week's episode. The season finale, season three, episode 23, titled Battles Lost and Won. Supergirl and team take on Selena in an epic battle for Earth. Hey, I was right about the team part. Eh. Now it's just a matter of who's going to be a part of that team that we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so season finale, we'll talk about it next week. All right. Let's, let's move on to the news of the week. There's some really awesome news out there yeah good good huge big stories this week so quite a few uh, that i've i've been very happy about have made me giddy this week two yeah. two in particular yes so right off the bat before we do that because it's father's day i wanted to make sure we didn't wait till the very bitter end to bring this up uh but uh we have a new primer joining us and yes, that is Isaac Joe Welsh. So big congratulations to Michelle Welsh and our good friend Shad, uh, especially on this Father's Day for Shad. Uh, you know, and like I said, obviously, you know, as we would be remiss if we didn't you know, mention, obviously, to Michelle in this mix. Um, but, yeah, congratulations to the two of them. Uh, you know, you just had your uh, your son was just born, or, uh, you know, just a couple days ago. Uh, you know, congratulations to you guys both. And uh, like I said. Uh, we have our youngest primer in the world. So because <laughs> with Shad, we know he's going to probably follow suit. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so congratulations to you guys. Yes. And congratulations to the family. Uh, but let's jump into the news stories right now. Uh, let's head into the TV side first. Then we'll kind of move into the world of film. Uh, the, we're going to save the biggest one for last because there's more to break down than normal. Um, and so right off the bat, it sounds like Swamp Thing that's going to be coming out on DC Universe is going to start shooting this fall. Uh, we know James Wan, who's responsible for Aquaman, is definitely very deeply involved in the show, which is not a bad thing. James Wan is an exceptional, exceptional director. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what he can help bring to Swamp Thing. So. Uh, I think that's something we can all state is probably very high up on our list when DC Universe starts streaming and when that probably appears either late in 2018 or early 2019. So I get more and more excited for the DC streaming universe the more I hear about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting crazy excited about it. And it sounds like more more than likely, as we mentioned last week, it's going to be launching in August. Uh, so and it sounds like it'll be launching with Titans. So it sounds like we don't have much longer to wait. So yeah. uh, we might 
have a very shorter, shorter summer than we expected. <laughs> yeah. Especially because if that, that happens, I mean, you look at like with E3 that just happened this past week. I mean, how many times during press conferences did people, did they talk about a game and then they come out afterwards and say, by the way, it's available right now. Yeah. And I think, I, yeah, I think it's something similar we're going to get with the DC streaming universe. They're going to, they're going to come out during in, in Hall H. <clears throat> they're going to talk about it. They're going to show some previews for some shows. And then they're going to say, by the way, it's available right now. Yeah, or it's going to be a very short window. It's like, hey, it'll be uh, it's out there for everybody in two or three weeks. Yeah. It's it's not going to be long. We I can I can pretty much I have it in, in my gut right now. We're not waiting long for this whatsoever. Uh, another massive story that happened just a couple days ago. Netflix has reached an agreement and is reviving Lucifer for season four. I know that makes a lot of people crazy, crazy happy. So happy. This is one of the two stories that makes me incredibly giddy. Yeah, so uh, amazing, <clears throat> amazing news for uh, for Lucifer and, uh, you know, just it, it's it's bright future now on Netflix. And what makes me even more excited is how much more they can might be able to do on Netflix that they couldn't do on Fox. So I think we're going to see a really more in-depth version of this show that we have not seen before. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Tom Ellis has been a huge proponent of trying to get the show continued uh trying to get somebody to pick this up there were rumors for a while we posted the story on the facebook page uh that amazon was in talks so just the fact that there were multiple sources of people that were trying to that were looking to revive the show uh speaks volumes for the show and it speaks very negatively on fox now don't get me wrong there's still some shows on fox that i enjoy watching um but you know netflix and amazon both came out and say Yes, domestically, the show didn't get the ratings that Fox wanted, but you look at, you, you can't just look at domestically. You have to look at internationally. This show was huge in the UK and Fox just ignores things like that when it comes to their shows. And well done for Netflix to, to picking it up and continue it. Cause, um, especially with the huge cliffhanger that they left us with at the end of season three, I'm so glad that this show is coming back. Yeah, that's it's wonderful news. Speaking of wonderful news, let's head over to Supergirl. Uh, it's actually it's a 50 50 on this. There's great news and then not so great news. Uh, let's uh, let's get the bad news out of the way first. Uh, so it's unfortunately somebody that has been with us since the start. Jeremy Jordan is no longer going to be a, ser- a series regular heading into season four. Uh, we don't know the full reasons why yet. But they did say that Wynn will still be around. Um, you know, he does have some large stories coming up. And, uh, you know, while we won't be seeing him the way that we have been, uh, another character is being promoted to a series regular. And that is none other than Jesse Rath. So Brainiac 5, good old Brainy, will be joining us for the long run of season four, which is great news. My guess, because, again, these were two separate stories that came out pretty close to each other. Um Jeremy Jordan, if you did not know, is incredibly musically talented, has had a lot of time on Broadway. And more than likely, the reason that nothing has been stated is my guess is he's been cast in something on Broadway, is heading back to the stage for a little while. um, And that's the reason why. And the reason it's probably nothing has been stated is probably the show and everything about the show has not been fully announced quite yet. Yeah. And that's probably the reason why things are still a little quiet. So um, but. Again, Jeremy Jordan, again, 
not uh, is is you now demoted to just a you know recurring character of season four, while Jesse Rath promoted to a series regular. And again, I think this was a wise move to make sure Jesse was there to help fill that void while Jeremy's not as as in depth of a part of this season. So, uh, jumping over to the Flash, two other casting things that have have come into play. Uh, two characters promoted to series regulars, none other than good old D.A. Cecile Horton. AKA actress Danielle Nicolette. Uh, very happy to see her having a larger, larger part to play in this coming season. She was such a fun part of this season, especially during the pregnancy angle and all the things that we did. She was a great source of humor, but also just a really wonderfully fun character. And we've seen so much of her over the last couple of years. I'm really happy to see her now a full fledged part of that cast. But in addition to that, another person that we love very near and dear, Hartley Sawyer, also promoted to a season regular for season five as well. So we'll be seeing much more of the elongated man, you know, Ralph Dibney himself. And uh, I can't wait to see what they do with him after the end of last season. That so. is the other one that made me giddy. All right, <laughs> let's go into something that might not make Ben as giddy. Uh, Henry Cavill is back in the gym, pumping iron for okay. probably his imminent return as Superman. But I will say this. You probably are a little bit more giddy after the version we saw of him that's, at the end of Justice. That's what I was so. going to say. If this was going to be a direct, uh, if this was before Justice League, I would not have been as giddy. But after the version of Superman that we got of him coming back to life at the end of Justice League, I'm okay with this. Yeah, I think a lot of people are because uh, he's just a just just a really nice guy. He like. Whenever he does anything online, you know, he's 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 like the rock. He's one of those people that you're like, man, he's just just an awesome human being. So I'm excited uh, I, to see him in the new Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he looks like he's going to be pretty awesome in that, too. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we see of the next appearance of Superman. So uh, but let's talk about another movie that I'm actually a lot more excited about at the moment. That is James Wan's Aquaman. Um, there are a lot of great shots coming out about the movie from Entertainment. Weekly this past week, uh, Aquaman actually uh, was their cover story. So we got our first looks at quite a few characters. There's shots out there now of uh, I think we have got let's see Nicole Kidman, uh, her queen Atlanta, uh, Atlanta uh, with new shots of Amber Heard as Mara. In addition to our first shots of both Volko as Ocean uh, or like uh, which is sorry. Volko is being played by Willem Dafoe, then Patrick Wilson's Orm, uh, a.k.a. Ocean Master. And then also we got our quick first shot, uh, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen as good old Black Manta sitting in front of the classic helmet. And it looks just like the classic he Black Manta awesome. helm. And awesome. I, can't, I can't wait to see him suited up. But man, um, apparently just this past week, a whole bunch of footage was shown. And uh, another shot of that trailer was shown to I, I forget which convention it was offhand, um, but they did show a whole bunch of stuff off. And everybody said this movie is stunning. Um, so, like I said, you know, the buzz about this is building and building and building. That is not a bad thing. And I'm incredibly, incredibly excited. But thankfully, James Wan did come out in state. We don't have to wait much longer, guys. The final version of the trailer that's been making its rounds at some other shows will indeed be shown for one and all streaming online and at Comic-Con in Hall H. So just a couple weeks before our first real look at Aquaman. And and uh, the rest of the general public will get it probably within an hour. Because yeah, they D- did. DC usually, they're not Marvel, DC will usually release online 
short, very, very shortly. Because I, 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 I know they did it with Justice League, they did it with Batman v Superman. Uh, when they when they showed the trailer in Hall H, within an hour, DC released it online. So yeah, uh, we will be definitely talking about that in just a couple weeks, and I am I am stoked to check it I out. Can't wait! I I love I, I love the version of Momoa that we got and, of Aquaman that Momoa does, but um, I have a huge crush on Amber Heard, so I, I can't wait to see her more as Mara. Um, and, and honestly, they even said this is going to be a classic adventure story, true and true. They said very swashbuckly. In addition to that, they said a lot of humor and just a lot of fun. And this feels like where they've been steering the DCEU for quite some time. And it seems like this is finally upon us. So really excited to see what they can show. Uh, but in addition to that, some other movie news coming out as well. It sounds like that Todd Phillips Joker movie is going to officially be starting in production in September, and the film will largely be shot in New York City. So, and this is the project that is we are going to be seeing. Um, is this uh, the Joaquin uh, Phoenix? This is the Joaquin Phoenix okay. Joker. So I'm really excited to see what they do with this project. So and I, think, uh, I think from what I read too, it's supposed to be pretty low budget. It's not anything like really high end. Right. They said this is going to be a very classic, classic, grungy, old school film. Uh, and I really think that's an awesome fit to this. I'm pretty sure it sounds like where this film is going to be set sometime in the 80s or 90s is the rumors right now floating around. So I, I would really like to see this as kind of like a like back end, like alleyways of Gotham kind of movie. That sounds like what we're going to see. Uh, speaking yeah. of Joker, we have to bring up Batman in the mix, too. It sounds like it's all but confirmed. Ben Affleck's future as the Dark Knight is just about done. Matt Reeves sounds like he indeed will be rebooting Batman. The film that we mentioned last week will be a single film, not a trilogy, and that Ben Affleck is not likely to reprise the role. This does not mean he is out of the DCEU, but more than likely, my guess is whoever is cast for this Matt Reeves film will be our Batman going forward. Um, Also, jumping into some stuff with The Flash, it sounds like tonally the film has changed quite dramatically under the leadership of both Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, a.k.a. Sweets from Bones. Uh, I love him. (laughs) He's wonderful. But it sounds like they are gutting after a Back to the Future vibe for The Flash. So very excited to see what they can bring to this. Uh, They said there will be a lot of time traveling. uh, And my guess is we're going to probably see that cosmic treadmill somewhere in the mix. Uh, we also know Kirsty Clemens 100% will still be playing Iris West. She said, without a shadow of a doubt, I have not been recast. I am in this film. I have met with everybody. <laughs> Even though my role was cut out of Justice League, you will indeed see me here quite a bit. <laughs> uh, Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns this week also confirmed 100% that the indeed real title of Wonder Woman is not just Wonder Woman 84. It is indeed Wonder Woman 1984. So like I said, that is the official title of the film. Uh, In addition to that, we did see a shot of both Steve Trevor on set. Um, But like I said, we that could be a a thousand and one things. This could be a great nod to the comic books, as our good friend TJ has mentioned, where it is the grandson of Steve Trevor um, named after his grandfather, who actually looked quite similar uh, or near identical. And in the comics, uh, we know that he uh, tracks down Wonder Woman because of the connection she had with his grandfather. So maybe they're going this angle. But also, we have the entire Greek pantheon of gods that could have brought him back from the dead. So now, now here's here's my here's my Im- impression on this. I think what TJ says is most likely true. 
I don't believe this to be the real Steve Trevor that we're seeing. And my reasoning behind that is um, this past Friday, I, I rewatched Wonder Woman. And because I wanted to remind myself how amazing that movie is, for one. Um, but two, I think it kind of, if the writers, and here's my reason behind this, if if this is the real Steve Trevor and he is brought back in some way, shape, or form by like the gods or, or whatever it is, I think it takes away from the whole meaning of the opening and closing of Wonder Woman with Bruce giving her back that picture and her writing the email at the end, thank you for bringing him back to me or thank you for how, uh, whatever wording that she used. If that were the case, why would she, why would that picture mean so much if she was reunited with him later? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't think this is the real Steve Trevor. I think this is again, either the grandson or maybe even one of the gods come to earth, taking the form of Steve Trevor to disguise himself. Right. So I, I think they're going to play it smart. Patty Jenkins is writing again uh, alongside Jeff Johns. So uh, I have a feeling they're going to be smart and play up that old 70s TV show and use that little twist. So I think that's a cool way to do it. Yeah. Um, and again, with the gods, too, there's a lot they can do. I have full faith that they're going to do this and do this well. So I mean, either uh, way, it'll just be cool to see Chris Pine return. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy he's coming back. But when we discussed Jeff Johns, a lot more happened this week. And let's just get this in one <laughs> shot because I know this scared a lot of people. But after this happened, man, some really amazing things came out because Jeff Johns has stepped down in DC's entertainment's president and CCO in order to take on a more creative role within the company. Uh, but with that happening, while we were all feeling terrified, somebody amazing stepped into that role. That's none other than Jim Lee, who was the best choice for that position, leaving Jeff Johns to continue to do a lot more work uh, back on the writing end. And he even stated very clearly he's always been a creator. So for him not to be able to have that role in D.C., I think was really difficult for him, where Jim Lee is a person that broke away from the comics industry, created image comics along with other people back in the 90s and then came back into the fold in D.C. and has been a massive proponent of D.C.'s moving forward for a long time. So having him step into that role is, I think, a perfect fit for him. Meanwhile, Jeff Johns, this is the short list of projects he is currently doing. Uh, we know he is uh, going back and writing a new book called The, uh, the Killing Zone, uh, which is a kind of a pop-up label for DC. It's focusing on lesser-known characters. We do know right off the bat they're going to be doing a lot of – he's going to do a lot of heavily uh, involvement with – um, Swamp Thing and a whole bunch of other characters. It's not a single comic book. It's going to be, like I said, as they mentioned, a pop-up label. So if you, it's actually using that old bullet logo that we actually use in ours with a little KZ in the middle, which I think is really cool. Um, and they said these probably single stories where we're going to see a lot of fun with this. Uh, in addition to that, we know in Rebirth, there was a whole storyline where we find, found out that there were three Jokers in the DC Universe. Uh, Jeff Johns is indeed writing that story, The Three Jokers. Uh, in addition to that, um, like I said, going forward, it says it was Jeff Johns who brought Shazam back to the DC universe uh, during his Justice League run near the start of the new 52. Uh, but it sounds like uh, he is getting a chance to play back in that sandbox yet again and put the spotlight back on him before his movie comes to fruition. But it sounds like also his stories for the new 52 
are also the pure basis of what the upcoming movie is even indeed about. So that gives me a lot more hope for Shazam. Uh, I think that was already going to be a fun movie, knowing that the fact that they follow Jeff Johns's run and what he did and his involvement in that film behind the scenes is going to play a large proponent. Uh, he's also working on Batman Earth One Volume 3, continue his work on Doomsday Clock. And in addition to, we'll dive into a little bit more here about some of the shows that he's involved in. Uh, we know he's heavily, heavily involved in Titans and Doom Patrol. Uh, it sounds like he will be coming back to write an episode and a little production work for The Flash this coming year as well. Uh, we know he wrote an episode of The Flash previously. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, he has been a producer on the show ever since. But it sounds like he's coming back on board potentially in season five to maybe help write a few things and kind of help reshape a little bit of what's happening behind the scenes. Uh, Wonder Woman 2, Jeff Johns did indeed co-write the Wonder Woman sequel with Patty, uh, Patty Jenkins. Uh, you know, comedic tone, is, as we mentioned, for Shazam. They're all pulling from him. Jeff Johns and Gary Frank's comics are indeed confirmed to be the basis for that. As we just stated, uh, he was heavily, heavily involved with James Wan uh, with Aquaman. And uh, he also indeed helped write the screenplay alongside him. And last but not least, the most important story of this all, Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> Jeff Johns is the producer and the writer of Green Lantern Corps, the movie, which has now been confirmed that our heroes of this film are not Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz, but good old Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. I'm excited um, for this. I am beyond excited because Jeff Johns really made a name for himself writing comics during Green Lantern Rebirth and what he did with that series was nothing but exceptional. So how amazing and exciting is it the fact that he is not only producing this movie, but writing this movie. So I am beyond excited and thrilled to see what is possible from a Jeff Johns Green Lantern movie. So. Yeah. Uh, this is all wonderful, wonderful news coming out this week. Uh, and I think, you know, it's there was really aside from Jeremy Jordan's, you know, uh, shift for Supergirl. Man, it, it sounds like we're going to get a lot of awesome things on the horizon for DC. No, I, I agree with you. And I was one of those people that was really scared when we heard that, um, you know, that Jeff Johns was leaving. And before it ever came out about um, uh, Jim Lee. Yeah, Jim Lee. But, yeah, um, coming into it. I, I know the headline I, when I posted the article on Facebook was, oh, so this is what it looks like when Hope leaves. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was I was one of those people that like, wait, like he's one of the main components as to why I even still give my I, – I still re, re, keep hope for the DCEU was Jeff Johns and went, with him leaving. I was like, well, what the hell does that mean? And then you're right. When Jim Lee was revealed to be coming in uh, and taking the position, I was – relieved i was it was good yeah most definitely but that wraps up the news for us this week uh recommendations and let's get out of here yeah um recommendations i really didn't think too much about it this week uh the only one i'm gonna say is uh go see the incredibles 2 i haven't seen it yet but i'm just keep hearing amazing things yep uh, i'm gonna say the same thing and uh the last little piece i almost forgot to bring up rocksteady did state they were not at e3 for a reason because the game they're working on they said is really well underway uh, but they said they didn't want to show it quite yet. They wanted to make sure the project was a little bit further down the road and closer to release before the unveiling. My guess is we're going to see this at the Game Awards because we've seen a lot of premieres from them at the Game Awards in the past. It's usually their stage where they say, here's our next title. Uh, if it's not there, I would expect we'll see it at PSX. So uh, expect a December reveal for this either Superman or Justice League game, whatever it may be. So 
Yeah. Um, I will also say, too, as well, my other recommendation I will make is with Lucifer Season 4 being picked up by Netflix, if you haven't already, go back and rewatch the first three seasons. It's actually a really, really, really well done show. Tom Ellis is excellent in it. Uh, Tom Welling was a part of this past season who we got to interview back during the 100th. And yeah, so if you haven't seen it, I, I think it's only it's not up there yet. But with Netflix reviving it, it's only a matter of time before Netflix is going to add the first three seasons to their to their platform. Indeed. So keep an eye out for it, and when it's added, watch it. Uh, reminder: uh, the uh, end of the month, we will reveal our fans of the month for May and June. Uh, again, a very happy Father's Day as well to everybody. So, cheap uh, plugs, and let's uh, let's mosey on along. Yes, sir. So, uh, as usual, you can find the Next Level Podcast Network online, nextlevelradioonline.com, on Facebook, facebook.com/slash Next Level Radio Online, and of course the Facebook page for this particular podcast, facebook.com/slash DC Primetime. Lastly, you can. Can leave us a voicemail with any kind of feedback whether it's something you want us to see us cover over the summer or just your opinions on the shows that we talk about or your opinions on us be nice uh you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 1-888-247-5380 again 1-888-247-5380 toll free in the u.s and canada and you never know we might use that voicemail on the show uh, as for me, you can always find me at nextlevelradioonline.com through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Our last episode was the board game episode. A ton of fun to do, too. Uh, one of the things I'm super passionate about nowadays is so uh, if you are somebody that's dabbling into the new modern age of board games, highly recommend giving that episode a listen. Uh, our panel of six all give our top three games to check out and that one game to avoid. But we give our histories on are uh, are are growing up with board games when we left them and when we returned. Uh, so it was a ton of fun to discuss. And then our next month's episode is going to be mythology and pop culture, uh, which I'm really excited about. Expect a lot of Clash of the Titans discussions for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old movie, the old old movie. Uh, but I, I'm really excited to talk about that, and I'm sure we'll probably bring up knowing if TJ's in the mix. We'll probably talk a little bit of comics, so I'm sure. Uh, uh, but yeah, so I think it's going to be a ton of fun. But a big special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. We thank him each and every episode for the tunes he provides to our show. Yes. Uh, with that being said, of course, next week we are going to talk to Supergirl season finale. Which, if you haven't already guessed by the conversation previously in this episode, we're kind of excited about now. Just thinking more and more about it so looking forward to talking about that next week but in the meantime we will see you guys around the bend take care peace